I'm not Aaron. And this is somebody. Somebody's gotta know. gotta know. A podcast where we have questions. And somebody's gotta have the answers. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Um, um if you guys can't tell, that's not Aaron. I'm Can Abby. You introduce yourself to us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm Abby. Hannah and I met, well, Hannah and Aaron and I met at a party where we watched Dear Evan Hansen and um, we met through mutual friends. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the connection's bad, but this is, this is what I just heard. Hannah and I met through a party. We watched Dear Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, Yeah. So I don't know if you gave more details than that, but that's what I got. I gave more, but I kind of like that condensed version as well. That really, that gives me like Kevin in the office vibes when he's saying fewer words. I was doing that this week with my hairstylist. Like, use little words in tiny sentences because <laughs> I'm a little bit stupid. Why use lot words when little words do trick? You get it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so today, let's see. Well, how's your day? Tell me about your day first. Oh, so good. Oh, and you asked right before, well, in the middle of us trying to introduce um, ourselves, because it took a couple tries, my, I have a pet rat now, and he tried to get out of his cage. Here, I'll show you since you can see. Yes. This is where he lives. Oh. His name is Thomas. Thomas um and and he does not want to be confined to life within a home he would like to be a free-range rat but we have cats and dogs and a bird and a snake so thomas does not get that privilege and he keeps just shoving his head out of his cage and then his shoulders get stuck and he shoves back in really dramatically maybe that i feel that over dramatic like a lot I don't know if all rats are like this. It might like just be Thomas. Well, we share something in common then. Um, I don't have a new pet, but I do have a new plant. Oh, what's your plant's name? I'm thinking a Harry or a Tumnus, but I'm not sure. Tumnus, Tumnus like goes with Tumnus of the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could name him Thomas after Thomas the rat, which would be pretty funny. <laughs> and people will be like, why do you name your plant Thomas? You'll go, so I have this friend. We watched Dear Evan Hansen one time. That's all the time we've spent together in our lives. And she's got a pet rat named Thomas. <laughs> so naturally, I named my plant after her rat. I love that. Oh my Sounds God. Like really good to me. I think that'd um, be good. Yeah, I think that's a good backstory. Yeah. How was your day? Did well, you do anything that. exciting? So I got home at 7.30, but um, I did just find out that I have tomorrow for a snow day. Exciting. Worked for the government. Yeah. Today is going to be a three-day week because they were like, no, don't work on holidays and don't come in. We don't want to be liable. And I said, thank you. Do you get paid still? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Good, good. 
Jason got today off, but he doesn't yeah. get paid for it. No, so I would like, excited. I still would be here. Yeah, I love not having to. That's fair. Um, let's see. So this week, um, today Abby's bringing us the topic of normal, and she gave me a list of a bunch of things, and I thought that one would send me into the most kind of spiral that y'all are used to. So. I assume you have something to kick us off. Okay, so let's see. I started normal, this topic. I thought it was very interesting. This is like genuinely what I was interested in when I went to school. So I studied psych and I studied criminal justice and they all have to do with normal in different ways. And this is a topic I find like fascinating. So I looked up the definition just to see for like kicks and gigs. By definition, normal is conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected anything. But I feel like that is very subjective. Correct. Like the way I would behave with you and Seth is not normal for like a work environment. Yeah. But depending on who's making the standard, usual, or whatever expectation there is, that's what I'm fascinated with. So it's like, who decides what is actually normal? And how do you know it's not a group of deviant or uh, unnormal people, abnormal, abnormal people um, who all have one shared expectation that's different from everyone else? Weird. Well, and yeah. even like, I feel like say you're in a setting where the majority is normal the abnormal people still have a group where they are i hate the word normal isn't it dumb i also hate it because in terms of like um like mental health or like mental deficits people will be like oh like people with adhd and normal people and like that's not how it works it's like use the fucking word neurotypical or i will cut your head off i know seriously um, that's been a big one for me. Actually, I have ADHD in this. So, oh, continue. Didn't mean to skip ahead. So, no worries. I was gonna say the other way I looked up normal was on YouTube. Oh, the best and way to do research. YouTube said normal is being right-handed, wearing glasses, being able to roll your tongue, like in a taco, not in like the clover, but I can do that one too. Me too. Oh, we we discussed this and decided that it was a bisexual thing. Oh my gosh, yes, you're correct. Um, <laughs> for contact, contact, context, Hannah and I are both bisexual. So the first time we met, we obviously made a list of all of our similarities and decided that those were quote unquote bisexual things. Right, we said it was normal for the bi's. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm smooth. Look at that. Um, the other one is having the little white semicircle above your cuticles on your nails. I don't think I have that really unless i'm unclear about what a cuticle is oh it's, oh wait yes i do i just <laughs> saw it it's not on all of my nails though it's only on my thumbs really yeah that's fascinating i'm not normal no you're not <laughs> what a thought who'd have thunk it oh my gosh i'm not either once again, I hate the word. I don't think there is a normal, but 
Um, also, according to YouTube, being normal is liking the color blue or red more than the colors yellow or green. Okay, so hold on. Normal is being right. I assume that they're going off of like averages. Yeah. Essentially, so normal is being right-handed. So mm -hmm. out on that one. Uh, wearing glasses. Actually got corrective eye surgery, so I wouldn't have to do that anymore. So I'm out on that one. Uh, having the white semicircle, iffy, iffy there. Yeah. Half and uh, half, but I'd call, I'd call that weirder than just not having it. Okay, so like super not normal there. Well, and the next one was the color one? Um, oh, rolling your tongue. Oh, I can do that. Got one checkbox. Having natural dark hair. I have like really light brown hair. So again, I'm in between. Yeah. So you really could have gone either way. Yeah. I mean, but who knows what my natural hair color is anymore? True. Mine is like this faded red purple right now, but it just looks brown. It does. It worked out. I like it. Was not the intention though. Um, and then let's see. The last one is having brown eyes. Don't have those. No? What color are your eyes? Bright blue. You can't tell on Zoom. They definitely look black from where I'm sitting, but I'll send you a Snapchat Everybody's later. Everybody's You, you just froze. You got to repeat what you said because it didn't come through at all. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, I said very interesting. I, on the okay. other hand, am like entirely normal. I am right-handed. I wear glasses. I have a lot of glasses, but my favorite ones just broke, which is a total bummer. Damn it. Were those those, those cool, weren't they like hexagons? Yeah, they're hexagons. Order new ones immediately. I'm gonna, I just have to get the screw to fix, but I can't get the screw into the second little holder for it. So um, we'll figure it out, but we I'm not giving them up. They're my favorite. No, and they look so good on you. Like, I don't think everybody could pull those off, but you can. It's the bottom of my face is wider than the top of my face. So bigger glasses work because they kind of even it out. I'd say your face is, I would disagree. It almost is like the perfect straight line. Normal, normal, normal. So I wanted to start with psych because I thought this would be a really interesting way for both of us to happen because I know you have psych background too. So normal um, and more specifically abnormalcy, which I'm fascinated by, which is kind of funny because they're kind of the same. On like on one hand, being normal is what's setting the guideline and being abnormal is what's deviating from that. And if we're kind of under the same agreement or the same proposition that normalcy is really so subjective, it's not really an objective. I, I don't think there's an objective definition of what normal could actually be. Well, the Besides, definition that you read was like, whoever you're with, what they think is normal, yeah. majority wins. And like, don't get me wrong, yay democracy, um, usually. But like, well, well yeah, okay, in ideology, I in, in theory, yeah, ideologically. Yes, thank you. I'm not. I don't know if you've noticed in listening to past episodes. I'm not usually good with words. That was a big win for me. Aaron corrects my speech constantly. Honestly, we need Aaron because I need that too. So okay, I'll let her know. Um, but I was looking at diagnoses. So I am a CRSW, which is a certified recovery support worker. 
or basically just a peer recovery support for like people with addiction mm-hmm. and struggling with substance use disorder. Um, so I have a DSM-5 at my desk because I convinced my boss that I needed one. I have which, one next to my bed. I just wanted one. So, I like yeah. to diagnose people when I watch like TV shows or TikToks. Yes. Yes. Sit on my bedside table. So obviously, you know, then, but for anybody who doesn't know all of like the mental illnesses in the DSM-5, which stands for the Diagnostic Statistic Manual, mm-hmm. and it's the fifth addiction. So DSM-5. Um, and they redo it every so many years. It's like three or five years or something. They come up with a new one. Yeah. And that is helpful because it can like condense different things that they've turned out to be one spectrum, like ADD, ADHD. Right. And like they um, did things and- like um, being trans gendered is no longer a diagnosable thing and like Asperger's doesn't exist it's just the autism spectrum you're high functioning or low functioning or somewhere in between so they they learn because psychology is an entirely new field and they edit yes um which is super cool and good to keep with the times but it also means they can add stuff if they find new you know patterns but all of these are categorized in severity and also defined by their disruption of your normal life. So what is it? It's impairment in social, academic, or occupational functioning, which I find fascinating because- Social, academic, or occupational? Yes. Okay. So and friends, some, school, work. Some, like, yeah. Some have more specific ones, like in the ADHD one, it says that there has to be these symptoms in more than one area, and it included home in those. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting, because sometimes they specify the realm of your life that it has to interfere with. Um, but again, we were just talking, like, if you met up with a bunch of other people who have social anxiety, and all of you can't talk to each other, or look each other in the eye, because you're all so anxious that's not interfering with your social functioning because you're still socializing with those people fine yeah because for all of you that's like this is fine this is normal yeah so I find this so interesting like all of the even the official diagnoses that we have are based off of some subjective form of normal Mm -hmm. um so I included a couple of definitions just for like examples if anybody needed them but like ADHD, these are all things that I'm diagnosed with, fun fact. Oh, I Um, like that. Let's see what we know, you know? It measures severity between mild and severe, or there's mild, moderate, and severe. Moderate's definition is literally falling in between mild and severe. So any of those, but um, mild was few, if any, symptoms in excess were previously met fewer than... um, or fewer than the full criteria may have been met for the past six months. The symptoms still result in impairment in social, academic, or occupational functioning, severe as many symptoms and excess of those required to make the the diagnosis, or several symptoms that are particularly severe or present, or the symptoms resulted in marked impairment in social or occupational functioning, which is just interesting. For anybody who's curious about symptoms, they're split into inattentive and hyperactivity. 
I fall under primarily inattentive, which most young women do, as far as I can tell. We just um, are a demographic that frequently falls more inattentive than the hyperactivity. But I think that's because the diagnoses were built around symptoms in men and boys. Well, yeah, and for a long time, it was just ADHD presents differently in girls and there wasn't a word for it. Like I think the inattentive, and I might be wrong about this, so nobody take my word for it, but I think inattentive was something that came with the DSM-5. I think it was just hyperactive. And so only young boys really were getting diagnosed because like, because of how our bodies are built and the chemicals that are in them, cisgendered yeah. girls growing up weren't ADHD in the traditional sense. Yes. Um, and it's fascinating. I thought that was ADD. Like I thought that more cisgendered girls um, or just biologically born female kind of a, yeah. presented as more inattentive, but then they were getting misdiagnosed with ADD and then they combined them to make a spectrum. Well, for a while, I think too, like the, the whole ADD even existing as its own diagnosis is silly. And ADHD's name is silly because of what we know now. Yeah. But I do think that you're right that because of what we knew then, that was kind of how we went about it. And I don't don't know about you, but growing up for me, it was always like ADD was the lesser of the two. And if you had ADD, it was like, maybe you have to try a little bit harder in school, but at least you're not bouncing off the walls. And they really are, which is why they're the same thing now, because they really are. It's just as difficult. Yes. And I know for me specifically as a kid, like I was daydream central. I could Mm -hmm. not sit in a room and be present in a room. I could sit in a room and I could sit still, but like I was thinking about, I don't know, a billion different things. You weren't like running around and poking your peers, but you weren't focusing in class. Right. And then, oh, it was so funny. My mom, Sharon, we love her. Um, we, when I was talking to her about it, we were joking around and she was like, well, I don't really remember anything being a specific sign. And I was like, mom, I couldn't read a book. Like I would sit down with a book and get bored five pages into it and get a new book. And then at one point I told her I'd read them all because I couldn't get through the first chapters of any of them. And I was like, I'm bored with them. I don't want to read that one. I've read all the books on this shelf. See, I had the opposite problem. I'm not formally diagnosed with ADHD, but I am convinced that I have it for a lot of reasons. But I would pick up a book and if it was something that I was interested, I would go instant hyper-focus and I physically couldn't put it down until it was done. Like screw texting in class. I would have it under my desk and I'd be reading my book instead of listening to the teacher. I'd be up till all hours of the night because I had to finish it. I would, the only time I wasn't reading is if I was asleep. That is me with very specific books. Most books I can't get into, but once I'm into it, I'm there until the end, like as soon as I can get there. Yeah. I, <laughs> I reread all the Harry Potter books last summer and I think I did all seven in like two months, which like working full time and not like lacking on my job to do yeah. that with all of my free time outside of work. All I was doing was reading. Yeah. I love the Harry Potter books. They are good. We don't support J.K. Rowling, but we do support what she made. No, she's a problematic queen, but I think you can appreciate art separate from the creator. Seth and I had this conversation yesterday. (laughs) 
we have this conversation a lot in my apartment my roommate emily and i well okay let let me not say and i because she's really the one with all of the good thoughts and ideas she talks and i just agree yes that's the best thing that you can do though is like how are you gonna learn otherwise right she's so good she loves like analyzing movies and i'm the kind of person that will just sit and watch something funny for Mm -hmm. hours just to like sit and laugh and she's like i don't know what what was really the commentary that we're trying to make with that and i was like girl I don't know I thought it was funny (laughs) yeah I can't do that can't do that I do though like um like I said I like to diagnose people so my friend Danielle and I both had she was a psychology major I was like a psychology adjacent major and now I'm in school for clinical mental health counseling so like I'll pull out my DSM and she has I think she has the four I think she has the last version for when she was in school and so I'll send her like clips of things from TikTok or whatever and it's like a character in a show I'm like, all right, we're diagnosing him. Tell me your thoughts. I'll tell you mine. I love that. I would so do that. That's so fun. Um, I used to, as one of my few party tricks, I would just psychanalyze someone at a party. I love that that was a party trick. I was clearly in college and all the frat boys like, okay, I'm next. What what issues do I have? And you're like, obviously, mommy issues. Go away. Father son in the house with Gucci. Like, go. Um, Back to normalcy. No, it was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. My friend Haley asked me to do it once our freshman year. And I did it. And she was like, well, that was painfully accurate. And I was like, sorry about it. Like, <laughs> um, Similarly, and by similarly, I mean... Not at all. My party trick was weirdly accurate fake palm reading. Ah, okay. When I meet someone, I can have a conversation and know their biggest insecurity because, you know, psych background. And I took a Harry Potter class my freshman year, um, which is a whole other story. (laughs) That's so fun. Okay. We did these things at my college. They were called stepping stone classes and they were supposed to like be basically easy A's and something that you enjoyed that prepared you for what college was supposed to look like and so I picked the Harry Potter class which was like we looked at the development of Harry from baby to adult okay um but one of the things that we did we had to help with some fundraising event for the child development club because the person who taught our class was like the the head of the department and so we did a Harry Potter night in the cafeteria and we all had things like there was a wand making station there was a butter beer station and I didn't know what I was going to do and I said palm reading divination let's go and I had a a whole sheet and the first couple people I tried to like reference the sheet and be really serious but that was very boring and it was college and it was a Friday night so everyone was showing up super drunk yeah so I started just like rubbing people's palms and being like in three years you'll have six children and be divorced from your husband next (laughs) and they were like my biggest fear just chaos but my proudest moment is I had one girl who was wasted. We ended up being friends later. And her friend came and stood next to me. And she was so drunk, she didn't notice that her friend was whispering things to me that were true. And I'm sitting there going, and you have a dog named Susan? And she's like, how did you know? <laughs> and her friend's like, and my mom's name is Nancy. And I'm like, and your mother, Nancy, is 62. And she's like, who are you? And we had her convinced for a week that I was psychic. And finally she went, something about this is off. And we caved. That's awesome. 
proudest moment of my college career. But I continued that trick all through college. I was like, you want a weirdly accurate, but not at all true prediction? Give me your hand. (laughs) Yeah, I have one much less cool than that, which was, it was the psych reading. And then I'm from Chicago, Illinois. So apparently I have a bit of a Midwest accent, but it's heavier when I'm on the phone with my parents, according to other people. I don't notice it. Um, but you don't, you grew up with it. Yeah. Um, but it's me trying to name Massachusetts towns. Oh, I need you to do this right now. Well, it's hard because, like, all right, hold on, let me just look it up. It'll be fine. All right, this will be so fun. I can cut out all the blank noise, it's fine. My rat is still actively trying to escape. That is hysterical. He's sneezing and hopping, which means he's pissed. Oh, guy. All right, I'm just gonna... <laughs> I'm just gonna go down the list. I'm gonna see if I can guess what they are based on your pronunciation. All right. I just looked up Massachusetts city and town. Mm-hmm. Abington, Acton. Keep going. Is Abington wrong? I don't know that one. It says it's in Plymouth County. Okay. Keep going. Anyway. Um, Akashnet. That's definitely wrong, but I don't know that one. Adams. Okay. Agawam. I think it's Agawam. I don't think you pronounced the middle A. Here, okay. I got the top 10. Okay, there we go. I can't believe Aguam. No, it's Aguam. Spell it, you say it. No, I'm, well, I'm, that is like obviously a Native American word, and I'm fairly certain that the Massachusetts colonists like whiteified it. I would be willing to bet that the Native American way to say it is how you said it, and that the white way is Aguam. Okay, I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Boston. Uh huh. I know this is Worcester, but only because I've said it Worcester so many times. Mm, Worcester. And Spring. and if you're like from Mass, it's Worcester. Worcester. You don't pronounce your R's. Yeah. That's how I everybody in my family says it. Worcester. Really? That's awesome. Springfield. Mm-hmm. Cambridge. Lowell. Yeah. Brockton, mm-hmm. New Bedford. These all feel easy, though. They are. Yeah. Chick B. I like that one. How would you pronounce a town spelled R E A D I N G? Reading. Reading. That's just not English. That there's also a Massachusetts town. I believe it's slightly north of Boston. It could be south, but I'm pretty sure it's north called Braintree. And I've always just loved that. I do like, that makes me think of those little succulents that look like brains. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I'm glad. All right. So the way that Mass spells and says their town name, not normal. Absolutely not normal. Good. Good wraparound. Um, Um, Erin is from Massachusetts. So this is funny that that's what you did. She's originally from Saugus, Mass. And her family, I've met all of her aunts and uncles. 
um because I went to a wake once which I don't know if we've told that story in the podcast but for another time um and they all have fairly thick accents Erin doesn't and Stephen her brother doesn't the only thing that I ever hear her say where she definitely has one is do you know Mount Kearsarge yeah she says Kearsarge because so that is right near where I live where and where we went to college and um we did mountain day every year which meant that a random Tuesday in like September or October the bells would ring at 10 08 and we would all skip our classes and go hike together and I heard her go oh the bells rang we have to go hike to Mount Kearsarge and I said mm, freeze right where you are what did you just <laughs> say to me and her family growing up had had um her grandparents have had like a, a lake, a like one season lake house up here. And so she'd heard her uncles call it that her whole life. And they'll have very thick accents. Uh, and so she just never knew there were any R's in that word. That's so funny. It's like, there are so many. Let's try again. <laughs> the only one that she says, like, she's from Boston. That's great. I, I don't think I do the Midwest accent, but I can. I, I hear it like a little bit. And I knew that there was something in your voice that wasn't New England, but until yeah. you said Midwest, I didn't know that's what it was. Uh, let's get some brats and watch the Cubs downtown Chicago. You got to get it really wide. You can go to the jewels and you don't have a say TH. It's duh. <laughs> it's very lazy. It's a very lazy accent. That was, that was New England. I, find- I thought, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I find New England's to be, a, like, other than the R's, pretty formal. I like to think that I don't have an accent, but I'm sure that if I went anywhere else, they'd be like, you're definitely from the East Coast. Um, I but I saw, oh, thank you. Yeah. I saw a funny comedian once, like a YouTube thing, I didn't go and see him in person, and he talked about the R replacement program in New England, because mm-hmm. in Mass, we'll say things like Ka. And then New Hampshire will say things like idea. And he said, you take them from some words and put them in other words where they don't belong and you need to stop. I hate that. It sounds, um, no, okay, no offense to all the people that do it because I know colloquialism, sometimes you just pick up on. But it's that one. And when people say, I have nose ideas, that they really like make me cringe. I hate it. It just does not sound polished. I feel like there's a lot about, the new Ham- the new england accent new hampshire honestly specifically that makes you almost sound uneducated and agree yeah. no offense because it's not your fault that you talk this way you are around people who talk this way it, it takes a lot of work to not say things that you're used to saying because it's like muscle memory this yeah. is how you were taught to say that word or that phrase but i do think that there are some things about it maybe it's because we all used to be farming communities i don't know but a lot of it just sounds like yeah. nobody ever went to school no idea and nose ideas. Those ones, oh, oh. Anyway, not normal. <laughs> no, but if you live in New Hampshire, pretty normal. Right, yeah, pretty normal out here. Uh, so let's see. I was thinking if everyone's, like my big question around normalcy is that if everyone started to have, or normalcy in psychology, I'll say, is that if everyone suddenly began to have one mental illness, so I don't know if you know this or if this is just because I was a late diagnosis with ADHD, but everyone on TikTok tells me that I have ADHD. 
Mm -hmm. Like I know this, but everybody's telling me that. So my question is if everybody starts to have one mental illness or something diagnosable in the DSM-5, do you think we'd still keep it in the DSM-5 or would that become normal and it would no longer be considered diagnosable? I wonder if instead of not being diagnosable, if it would become like a medical diagnosis. Interesting. Because there's things like, um, I'm trying to think of something that wouldn't offend people. Well, like, like poor eyesight is a diagnosable thing. It is also mm-hmm. a physical thing, whereas stuff like ADHD happens in the brain. Um, but there's, there's no real like stigma with it. It's just like, there's a lot of people in the world who can't see without the aid of corrective lenses. Yeah. So I wonder if it would become something like that. Like, it would no longer be like, I don't know how to tell you this, I have anxiety. It would just be like, hey, guess what, guys? Got my diagnosis finally. I would I love picture, to see that happen. Right. I almost picture like a, a dystopian world. You know how a lot of the dystopian novels you're like sorted? Mm-hmm. Where you go down to find out like what your divergence is. Like that book. Yeah. Um, and it's like, do you have anxiety? Do you have ADHD? Do you have depression or obsessive compulsive disorder? Let's find out. And you come up and you're like, all four, throw a party. And everyone cheers for you. And then you get to pick which table you sit at. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I would picture it going. I would love that. I have such little faith in other people, but I would love that. Oh, no, I don't actually think it will happen. I think it'd be a cool idea for a book. That would be a great idea Fully for a book. fictional book. I would love if everybody was born and then just got a therapist. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was talking um, to my hairstylist today, and I, I was talking about being in therapy. And she said, have you been in therapy for a while? And I said, well, this one is new. But, like, over my lifetime, yes. And she said something, and at the same time, we both said that she could also use a therapist. She went, I probably need therapy. And I went, you should probably go to therapy. It's like, that shouldn't be weird or stigmatized. Like, we should be able to. I went and saw a gynecologist this week. Like, that's a normal thing. So it's talking about my brain. Yes. And I think that a lot of people who haven't been don't know what to expect. And it's, of course, sounds scary at first, but it's just like one more person helping you process. Well, I think the whole thing that like really deters people is usually the first one that you talk to isn't going to be your like match. And you have to keep trying until you find someone that you vibe with and a style of therapy that's going to work for you. Because it is starting that like, we don't know how to treat the brain yet. We have to kind of like trial and error it for everybody. We've learned more about the brain in the past 20 years than we knew consecutively for the last 2000. Like it has oh, yeah. been such remarkable progress. But um, anything, if anybody's listening to this and considering, my recommendation for when you're finding your new therapist is always to make a note or a Word document and write down the heavy hitter traumas that you've been through if you know of them. And that way you don't have to say them out loud every time to a new person. You can just be like, here's the rundown. And it saves you a lot of emotional uh, energy when you're trying to find that your right therapy match. Very smart. I'm at a point in my therapy journey where when I find someone new, I tell them minimal details and see like when they get shocked, basically. Like I could go, okay, this is what me and my last therapist talked about and the 12 before her 
and um, here's where I'm at and here are my diagnoses and here's my trauma. But I go with like, hey, I'm Hannah. I think I might be anxious. And then start like divulging my past and see when they go from like, okay, 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 to wow, what? And how far I can get before they're scared. This most recent therapist that I got, I got like a year ago or so. And Mm -hmm. all the time that we've been chatting, it took us like three or four sessions to get through just like the basis of everything, you know, when you first start meeting with a new therapist and it became like a game for me at what point in our zoom call her eyes would start to bug out and I was like no this makes me feel so bad just wait until I get to the bad stuff like this isn't even we it. Had, <coughs> excuse me we had a conversation about how I laugh about the really bad things I can't like be serious about serious stuff it makes me uncomfortable it'll send me to an anxiety attack and she said it's fine because I'm still telling her and I will say it in such a way that it makes her laugh. And she'll go, Hannah, that's not funny. And I'll go, Stephanie, you're laughing. <laughs> it's like, that's not fair. Every time my therapist laughs at me, I'm like, so you think I'm funny? Thank you. <laughs> you think I'm cute? Okay. Thanks. Yeah. I, um, I did that today. I had to like trigger warning about medical stuff, but I had to go get blood drawn because I had my physical today. And um, it took them seven tries because I was cold and dehydrated. And they literally tried four times, sent me away, said, you have to eat lunch. You can come back today or tomorrow. We don't care. But like, go put food in your body and come back. And then it still took them three more tries. Um, And they were, they kept going, your veins are just so small and cute. And I was like, you think I'm pretty? (laughs) You can't get the blood out of my body, but you think I'm pretty? So you think it'd be like a really bad vampire victim, but you think they'd want to, right? Like, like they'd, they'd come after me, but they couldn't get me. <laughs> so you're saying I'm unattainable. <laughs> In like a good way. <laughs> oh my word. Oh, I used to go donate plasma. I haven't really seen them out here, but when I was in college, I did it a couple times. And there was always this one nurse who had like, funniest little pins on and every time he'd say hi and I was like who is that person like I don't know him but I feel like I know him and then it turned out that he was one of the receptionists in my high school oh weird like didn't want to see you here not normal not normal this was actually a very abnormal experience for me because I have one vein that like all my veins suck I do I do have very bad veins and I get that from my mom but I have one that always comes through for me and it did it today. And so we had a, a very stern talking. I was going to say, you need to sit down and tell him who's boss. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. So furthering our little normal chat. Yeah. We have to keep reading. This is very normal. Redirect. I'm not good at segues. So I just straight up say it. I did. I do think that COVID did like a a beating to my social communication abilities well do you want my favorite segue tool because it works in every situation so we were just talking about doctors and stuff i'll Mm -hmm. go speaking about doctors and people will be like oh hannah has something to add and then all the eyes are on me and i'll go so i got a new pet rat and it's never (laughs) related but if you start with Speaking about whatever they were talking about, people focus on you and then you can segue and it doesn't matter that it's awkward because it's kind of funny. 
that's fair i like that it's a good humor tool if it doesn't work and if it does work it works yeah i recommend it speaking of humor um So I also want to talk about normalcy in terms of criminal justice, because I thought that was fun. Mm -hmm. I am infatuated with the realm of criminal justice, but specifically deviance and what leads someone to do something deviant. But also, I'm more concerned about what leads someone to stop, but also to know how to make something stop. You have to know what started it. So I always look at that. And deviance is just not fitting into the norms. So deviance could be like, someone at a peaceful protest for animal rights but deviance could also be someone robbing a bank so deviance is not criminal in and of itself um although we do criminalize it which is fascinating so i thought it was interesting that like the dsm-5 someone sits and creates what is not okay kind of opposite is criminal justice and people sit and define what is okay and they're like okay so this is the things that are legal and these are the things that are illegal and there's a couple of different theories as to how these things happen i'll give you the very brief cj 101 which is the consensus versus the conflict model Ooh, (laughs) okay so i'm just gonna describe what just happened so i'm sitting here uh i myself too so nobody would know what was going on you muted us? I muted me, <laughs> not you. So I could pour this and, and not have that happen. Please continue. Though. I want to know your perception. <laughs> so I'm reading about CJ stuff. Hannah just pours bubbles and then puts her entire mouth over the glass to keep it from fizzing over. But we locked eye contact with her mouth like fully on top of the champagne glass. <laughs> I have a champagne flute and I'm drinking Prosecco because it's my preferred alcoholic beverage because I'm a bougie bitch. Actually, if I was bougie, I would drink champagne. Um, if you don't know, they're different. I do know because I'm bougie. Um, <laughs> you know, like when you pour bubble things you to tilt the glass and go kind of slow and I just went glug, glug, glug and then it came up really fast and in my panic, the only thing I could think of that would stop it was my mouth. <laughs> Thankfully, I have a big ass mouth and I just put it over the, the whole thing. Okay. Oh no. This I keep thinking there's a cat next to me. It's a it's a very fuzzy sweatshirt. Ooh. Oh that that's kind of Chewbacca esque. I used it when I was a moose for our um office Halloween party this year. I love that. I want to see a moose so bad. It's on my bucket list. I've only seen one once, and it was because it literally tried to walk into my moving vehicle, and it was a I've baby, heard- and the babies are giant. Mm. I want a baby moose. Mm. Um, I want you all to know that Abby does the best Alexis uh, imitation from Schitt's Creek. If you guys haven't watched it, you should. But if you have, <laughs> we have her with us. Ew, David. <laughs> Ew, David. Um, what did we decide? Who did we decide you were, though? We talked about the characters once. Probably Twyla. Oh, right, right. Because we definitely decided that I was Alexis, even though I can't do it as good as you. And I think that we called Seth David just because gay. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Seth. You're like stereotype? Absolutely. 
I might have actually called him. Um, who's the dad? Oh, Johnny. I definitely think I'm. I actually insulted him further and made him Johnny Rose. I was like middle-aged business mogul, mogul who got screwed out of all this money. Seth, absolutely. <laughs> Ew, Seth. Ew. I can talk about him because uh, I hung out with him yesterday and he told me that he hasn't listened to a single episode. So it's on his, it's on his list. I said, you Everything dumb bitch. on that boy's list. I have been friends with him since I was like 12. It, the list never gets smaller. He never gets to any of it. He's never going to hear this episode. <laughs> I love him to death. It doesn't happen. Yeah, there's just too much. That's and his normal. It, it, that is his normal. His normal is just never listening to an episode of this delightful podcast. Delightful podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <sighs> I love an aggressive insult. <laughs> I love aggression. Point point blank. End of sentence. Yeah, that that's fair. This although more than is, I love aggression is a drunk girl bathroom. I've made so many friends in a drunk girl bathroom. I feel really bad for men because I don't or the individuals that have to use male bathrooms. I just don't think that they get the true experience of like community. Babe, I know for a fact they don't. What is happening to this blanket? What is happening to your blanket? It's falling apart in my hand. You know who made this blanket? Who? Seth Downing. Seth Downing made that blanket? I think it was like the first blanket he ever made. So it just has um That's like so holes where because it wasn't good at it yet. So like it it fell apart and I tied it back together. <laughs> You made this in like 2014. I love um, that. So I frequently am like using it and I have to, oh, it just broke again. I have to like do one of these. <laughs> oh, it just broke again. Um, Cause he, he admitted that like he didn't do a good job cause it was his like first blanket. Yeah. I'm very confused. Anyways, um, speaking of blankets, what's the next thing on our normal list? The next thing on our normal list was that CJ 101 bit where I was going to tell people how people make the rules and the theories on that. Oh, right, right, right. So and then, I, and then I ate my bubbles. Got it. Yes. Then you had a face full of bubbles. So it's not the first time. <laughs> that's a bye thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. There's two of us and it's normal. So. <laughs> Um, oh, this is going. Sorry, continue. So consensus model is where people get together and they all decide together what they think should be illegal or legal. And then the conflict model is that there are people with power and the people in power make the rules and they make those rules to keep themselves in power and to keep other people from getting power. I think I knew, I've definitely heard that second model. Mm-hmm. Um, described in psych courses which like makes sense like due to human nature we like to be in charge inherently we like Mm -hmm. to feel like we're the boss all we do for our whole working life is to try and become the boss if you become the boss you win 
Um, yeah. So to create a, a, a model of society where like you decide what's right and wrong based on keeping you in power, like dictatorship, as much as I hate it, makes sense to me that people can fall into that. Because it's like, oh, I, I made it to the boss. I want to make sure I never am not the boss. Narcissism. Narcissism and I don't Looking just, at you, Russia. I'm looking at you, Russia. Looking at you, China. Okay, I just took a police and technology course. Fascinating. Um, where, how, I would love to do that. Uh, Sene's, their master's program for their criminal justice studies. going to take one course and then quit. It was so good. So we were talking about China. I was not educated well in history and in global events and in many things, but I certainly didn't pay attention to them. And then I had a brain injury and now I even know less. So I didn't know this until this year, but um, China has social credit numbers. Did you know this? No, because I went to shitty public school and was raised by conservative parents who kept everything from me that's fair that's fair so in china basically like we have a credit score and a credit report for our finances they have one for their social lives as well and this is all monitored by chinese ai and so if they criticize or ridicule their government their social credit score goes down if they praise it it goes up they are not allowed to talk to certain people on in like other countries and they can't use encrypted apps. So that would be like WhatsApp or Facebook. Well, I think, like China, I think is the country that banned TikTok. Yeah, something like that. I know there was something going on with China and TikTok, but fully I don't really pay attention because I know that the United States talked about banning it and people like well, actually, I don't know that they did. I know that people said that they did, and I get all of my news from TikTok, so not accurate. Um, you and me both, and also all of the arguments that I was hearing was just that they would be taking info, and I'm like, well, they already have all mine. I've worked for the federal mm-hmm. government. Well, and like, like, not that it's as bad as, as the way that you just said China does it, but we are all assigned a number at birth. And they recently learned a lot about social security numbers and that wasn't how they were intended to be used. So fascinating. And because they're being used that way as like a form of ID, it's fucking up the system. Tell and me if more. you were born before 2011, your social security number is super easy to guess. Yep. Because the first three are based on where, what state you're born in. The second two I forget and the last four just go in numerical order. So if anyone has any idea of like the rough place and time you were born, they can figure it out. Please don't steal my identity. Identity thieves who listen to this podcast. I didn't mean to give up. Criminal from the statistics. Don't do it. I don't have any money to my name and I have a lot of debt. You don't want this. Yeah, y'all, if you get my social security, can you work on my student loan payments? (laughs) Because... Honestly, yeah, if you're going to do it in, like, a nice way, please steal my identity. But, like, give it back. If it's in my, if it's in, like, a nice way, ask me. I'll give you my mother's maiden name. But, like. (laughs) The street I grew up on, not hard to figure out. But I'll tell you. If you can pay my student loan. Speaking of figuring stuff out, I and my roommate, Emily, are going to Alaska for our first ever big girl vacation in September. 
Oh, can I come? Continue. I'm excited. I would love that. Um, I don't know if I can, but I would love that. I, I so, can't. I get married in November. So, so like, I'd love to, but joke because I have no money. I think that I might be Seth's plus one if he is not, like, happily married by then. Oh, you but better be. I would love to be. I think I told, uh, maybe I thought about telling him that you had to be. He gets one. So, like, if, if he doesn't have, like, a serious relationship, it's you. I love that. That's the plan. Um, anyway, so we're going in September. And where was I going with this? Oh, we got an Airbnb. And I couldn't figure out where the guy's address was. And I figured that they were only going to tell us once we booked it. And so I wanted to know how close it was to public trans. Mm-hmm. I was a complete idiot and it was totally right there in the page in front of my face but I zoomed in all the way on this map to find out what house it was on what street and then I went to google maps and I found it I'm not smart and I can do that someone who's motivated can do a lot that's all I'm saying I recently was booking my airbnb for my bachelorette party and did the same thing anytime I picked out like four or five and we're going to Nashville and my sister-in-law lives in Nashville. So I'd zoom in as close as I could. I'd be like, all right, this is the street that it's on for sure. Tell me about this location where like, this is, this is the corner of this and this, what are we at for, for crime here? Cause there's like good and bad sides of Nashville to like stay in as a stranger. Uh, I did the same thing. So. You have to, honestly. I took it a step further when I finally booked the house and got the full address. I looked them up on Zillow and saw what it looked like when they bought it to see what they had done to it. Yes, I love it. They really, really renovated it. It looks so much better now, but I needed to know. I love Zillow. I feel like I know I'm getting older because Zillow has become a true form of enjoyment from me. Like, I'll just go through and look at houses. How normal of you. I am not normal in the slightest. No, you are because you're right-handed, you have glasses, you have brown hair, and you have brown eyes. So I am normal in the slightest. And you have the white things. Do you have the white things? Yeah, I have the white things. On my I am going to talk to my therapist tomorrow about how concerned I am that I only have them on my thumbs. Um, It might be genetic. Ask your parents. Be like all or none? I don't know. People are weird. If I, I could text my dad right now and say, hey, look at your nails. Do you have a white crescent? He would call me and be like, are you dying? Why do you need to know? <laughs> are you dying? <laughs> He'd be like, what does this mean? A white crescent? Is this code? Are you safe? String beans? Blue, oh, that was our code word those children. It's not anymore. I can tell it to the public now because I'm no longer a child. But like, if you know, like as a kid, if strangers pick you up, they'll be like, your mom sent me string beans. That was our word. Got it. For us, it was, I don't know that we had one. Oops. <laughs> Do you want to know why we had one? Because it wasn't for strangers. It just worked out that way. Why? It's because I was a little bitch. <laughs> I love attention always have and sure. people would be tickling me and I'd be like no stop 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 and so they would because I was a child asking them not to touch me and I'd be like mad that they stopped tickling me so stop was no longer an acceptable word I had to say string beans if I was like done done I love that. With a new word because I'd be like ha knock it off no don't do that and they'd be like okay we're not and I'd be like what the fuck did you, you stop <laughs> 
<laughs> then I would become like, stop, stop, stop. Ha ha, no, don't. Hey, shrug me. And I'd be like, oh, I'm serious. <laughs> and I would go like wow. full demon. One of my most embarrassing moments was being tickled. And I was like the most awkward little 12 year old thing in the world. And I had met up with my mom's, my mom has like five siblings. So one of her brothers who didn't grow up near us. So it was like cousins and my aunt and uncle that we were kind of close to, but like didn't know that well. And one of them was tickling me and I let out like the biggest fart I've ever let out in my life, like still to date. And I was mortified. I was like, I don't even have to tickle me. Like it was like so my upset. My big thing is my feet. Like I I am okay with being tickled. Like it's kind of weird now that I'm an adult, but like if that's what you want to do, if we're teasing each other, like whatever. But if you touch my feet, I cannot control what they do. And yeah. I had to have this conversation with my stepdaughter who thinks it's really funny to like poke my buttons. So I was saying, don't, don't tickle my feet. Don't touch my feet. Don't do it. She's 10 for reference. And um, she was like, she had this maniacal twinkle in her eye and she kept getting closer. And so I finally went, here's the deal, babe. If you touch my feet and I have told you not to, and then I kick you in the face because I've told you not to, it's a reflex and it's not my fault. And I will not feel bad. And she immediately like backed off and was like, oh, that's the consequence. It's like, I can't control it. I also, she likes to like hide behind things and jump out at people. So in a similar conversation where I was like, hey, sweet girl, if you do that and I reflexively punch to where the noise is coming from and you're about shoulder height, so I hit you in the nose, not going to feel bad. I've asked you not to do that. (laughs) This is not child abuse. This is reflexes. I've given you my boundaries. You're not respecting them. It's up to you now to choose what you're going to do. Yeah. She no longer does either of those things. I never had to hit her by accident. I love that. Or on purpose. I would like, I like to clarify, do not hit my children on purpose. <laughs> if it had happened, it would have been an accident. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have expected that from you. So that works out. <laughs> you wouldn't have, but who knows who's listening. That's fair. So we are probably over. So do we want to go back into into normal and uh, keep sure. chatting about that? Naturally. So the last topic that I had normal with was um, sexuality and femininity. Kind of combined. Right. So as mentioned, both Hannah and I are some local bisexuals, uh, for those of you in New Hampshire. And... Um, I thought this was fascinating because I think that the queer and LGBTQIAS plus population. Um, Even th- like as a part of that population, I'm always like LGBT plus. Like, yeah, the fact that you just said the whole acronym, very impressed. I always forget the S and it makes me so stressed every time. What does do the S stand for? I don't think I know that one. For, for knowledge for other people? Such a good question. Uh, <laughs> do you have to look it up? It's okay if you do. Yes, I'm going to call it sort of sexual right now. <laughs> don't think that that's right. <laughs> I love that answer. Don't think that that's right. Okay. Oh, interesting. So just sexual apparently i got it wrong so <laughs> yes that's it 
I'd like to uh, identify as a sky. <laughs> Is that cool? I, I am actually just sexual. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said it wrong. It's LGBTQIA2S+, and that stands for the Native American Two-Spirit, which is their historical background for transgender or no yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gender fluid i think it is i i've read about that and how like basically westernized society um other than like natives are the only people who really don't accept that as because there's yeah. lots of cultures where like religiously there are people that, like if you're born and you're like i don't know how i feel they're like instant you're probably a, a god i don't know I don't yeah. know, but I feel like you can tell me about my life and be better than I am. And like where we're at in our society, we're like, you want to use either bathroom? You're probably trying to assault me, which is not how it fucking works. No. If men wanted to go into the woman's bathroom and assault people, they would. Because there's not a guard at the door and there's no lock other than on the stalls. And those locks, let's be honest, are flimsy. So let's take that out of the narrative. Thank you so much. And- in American bathrooms, I can't speak for other places, but in American bathrooms, uh, it's a miracle that we can all pee at all. Like, it is so open. You can see so much. Personally, I blame this on being, like, a, a dancer and a theater kid and someone who just has no boundaries. Not an issue for me, but I can understand, like, the gaps between the, the doors. I don't have to knock. I can look and be like, oh, that's someone's vagina? I should wait. Peace, babe. You do- Hey, you, you do you. You, okay. I'll, I'll be over here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a problem being in public, but I, I certainly cannot use the restroom in public. Um. So, <laughs> those two things I, feel mutually exclusive. Where do you pee in public? <laughs> Bushes only. No. <laughs> In the open. I don't know why I just got such anxiety about saying the word poop on a podcast. So, <laughs> if you've listened to our episodes, you should know that I've talked about my poop on everyone, and Jason is no. very uncomfortable about it and keeps telling me not to. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. No, he can get over it because I'm I'm open about my bowels. Um. I don't mind them like they don't skeeve me out I don't know why I just had this jolt of anxiety like what if you say poop on a podcast like I just had to let that sit for a second so when you said use the bathroom yeah that's what I meant you like I can't poop in public but I can yeah. pee no I get what? like stage fright I don't like what if somebody walks in or what if somebody's there and they think I'm pooping weird like I, I'm like, listen, everybody does it. I'm going to fart while it happens. It's going to smell. If you're in a public bathroom, make eye contact. Look through the crack and look at me. I'm shitting right now. I'm the captain now. I'm the captain now. I am in charge here. Um, <laughs> funny, funny story really quickly about peeing in public. I have a Snapchat group with three of my friends called Peeing in Public because I used to drive a lot for work to people's houses to give them therapy and in some places there weren't a lot of like public restrooms especially at the height of covid and so I would find the most deserted road on the way and I would pull off and I would squat next to my car and I would take a piss you know a tiny bladder and so it became a thing that anytime that that happened I would text my friends that I had we call it pipping p-i-p peeing in public pip they'd be like hey guess who just pipped and they'd be like Hannah where are you and it would happen (laughs) 
like none of neither of them do it it was just like this is what worked for me was to tell people I'm, I, like, I'm, in, I'm in the middle of nowhere in Danbury nobody's around and I'm squatting next to my car at noon I've pipped I've pipped I like that too because it sounds a little bit like you're peaking like if I pipped in a day yeah. it would probably be the peak of my day I still I still do it not for the same reason similar I mean like I do have a tiny bladder and we live in New Hampshire where there are not a ton of public restrooms but I also know where all of the circle K's are in any of part of my commute because they arguably have the nicest public restrooms. that's true although there was one stop and go in Ohio maybe when I was driving back out here one year and they had such nice bathrooms like air freshener tampons like oh that's that's better I'm just talking about like there's no feces on the seat and the ground isn't sticky I'm like that's good for me but if I'm not near a circle k I am not afraid of peeing next to my car I make sure nobody's coming I don't want like a public indecency charge but like I will pee I'd rather do that than pee in my pants, so. And that's my normal. And speaking of peeing in your pants, sexuality. (laughs) Oh, right, we're not done. (laughs) That was good, you did it right, you did it right. I love that. Thanks, it worked. So I was just going to say that um, sexuality, I got these stats from a couple of different places The first was The Guardian. There was an article. And then the second was NBC. So take these all with a grain of salt. The first one was from 2015 that said in the last big U.S. survey, 10% of women and 3% of men identified themselves as heterosexual, but also reported same-sex contact, which was interesting. So it wasn't like they were strictly attracted to the opposite gender. They all had all of those people included in those numbers had some contact with same-sex individuals for pleasure. Um, And the other one that I was gonna, or the other stats that I pulled from were from NBC. So this was in 2021, an estimated 5.6% of Americans identify as LGBT or Q. That is not including the other letters in our alphabet soup. Um, they wrote LGBT or Q, like L, like. So I, I shortened them. They said lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer. Still. I feel like they could have been like identified as LGBTQ plus. And they went, I'm going to list these out and limit the possibilities in an already really limited world. Or, 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 or. Like, that was not a necessary word. No. Sorry, that angered me. Continue. I will say, you might like this better, though. So, of those surveys of people who identified as LGBTQ, 54.6% identified as bisexual, 24.5% as gay, 117 as lesbian, 11.3 is transgender and 3.3 said they used another term to describe their identity like queer same gender loving but they also noted that that total exceeds 100 percent because they were able to choose more than one category which i thought okay was- yeah yeah that that redeems them very slightly because it is and like then- i feel like the the whole pick a label and stick to it is also like a little bit toxic because like i 
when I first was like, okay, I'm, I'm not straight. I didn't know all of the words. And now truthfully, yep. and I don't know if you identify with this too. I say bisexual because it's the easiest way to explain it. But like, if I was pressured, I'd probably pick pansexual. I just don't want to tell people what that means. I don't want that to be my responsibility. So Also, I have chosen by as someone who like, I really like to have these kinds of conversations. And so for me, picking a partner is beneficial. But when I say I'm bi, because it means I can open up that conversation and say, you know, like push comes to shove. I would like, you know, I have had a crush on a transgender man before. Like I am all over the spectrum in terms of what I like, but uh, I think bisexuals also kind of get the shaft of attention in both the queer world and in the straight world for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, And not, I'm not making that a competition and I'm sure other people also have struggles with that. Um, Absolutely. Wherever you That's just like your personal experience. But yes, from my experience, people that are entirely gay or who identify that way or as more queer than bisexual, it's kind of like pick a lane and you have to be queer presenting. So if you're bi with the opposite sex partner, um, that you usually get a little bit shit on for that, which right, is like, interesting. I, I grew up in a world where like, first of all, gays weren't entirely accepted because religion and conservative and whatever and then there was this whole idea of like bisexuality isn't real it's like a trial zone and so I'm almost like well fuck me for I am marrying a straight white man a white man no (laughs) and what did they do about (laughs) nothing typical Typical. Uh, (laughs) and it's like cool so no one's ever gonna believe me for the rest of my life that this is who I am because yep. I ended up with, with a straight guy who is very chill with the fact that I am also into ladies and babies and doesn't care. But like, that's not fair. That's not fair that that negates who I am and my identity because of who I'm marrying. Where, where right. like, if I had been like, okay, I'm going to marry a lady, they'd be like, oh, cool, so you're a lesbian. Yeah, exactly. Still like penises. Nope, they're great. That has nothing to do with this partner that I'm choosing. It's just to who I life. fell in love with. Yep. Stupid jerk. <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, I'm like, for me, I have, uh, I actually joke about this kind of a lot. I have a very specific, uh, like, niche type, which falls between very sensitive man and very masculine woman. And that includes all of the non-binaries. Um, and so frequently, I've just been like, maybe my type is just solely non-binary. Because <laughs> like, it has been, okay. I'm up to a certain count now. I'm like, okay, maybe I should explore this. See, I'm much more, um, I, I love a non-binary person. Mm-hmm. I love it more when they're mask presenting I'm very much into like I am very feminine in like if if I were a lesbian I would be a femme you know yeah I don't like to lift heavy things I don't like to get my hands dirty I like to do my nails and get my hair done and wear dresses and makeup and I like the opposite of that I want someone who can fix my car and build me things and wears a lot of flannel and whether or not they have a penis does not matter to me I just can't be, 
I have to be the more feminine presenting person in my relationship for, I mean, a variety of mental health things, but. I have um, too many emotions for anyone else to have any emotions. So I'm marrying a straight man. You know what? That's fair. I mean, maybe we should think about this. Maybe straight men like aren't what everybody's making them out to be. Maybe they have something here. And it is to not make me feel like I have to be responsible for them emotionally. It's a stress ball. Yeah. Oh, actually, you have an emotionally regulated straight man. That's different. Those are great. Well, well, it depends. <laughs> then we had a conversation, actually, where he was really, really, I had a full breakdown yesterday for a lot of reasons. And he was really, really sweet to me. And then we were with somebody else today. And I was like, hey, these are the things that happened to me yesterday. And he went, yeah. And it was kind of ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And I went, uh-uh. If you're going to be nice to me in private, you have to be nice to me in public. This isn't, and he goes, I can't let everybody know that I'm a softie. So we had a great conversation where I was like, yes, you can. And he goes, no, people take advantage of softies. And I was like, no one's going to take advantage of you, buddy. Um, no take advantage of you take for standing. <laughs> Like, like either tell me I'm being ridiculous in the moment or never say it ever. But if yeah. you, if you act like everything's okay. And then the next day in front of somebody else, because you're showing up that it's not, I might have another breakdown. That's going to be invalidating for your partner. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> so like emotionally evolved is developed. Regulated. Regulated what you said. I, I couldn't remember. It all, it's all the same for me. He's, he's none of the above. That's fair. It is that, that's a lot of work for anybody, but especially for the peak of uh, modern culture. He's also raised in the 80s. So like, who can blame him? That's fair. Um, but that's his normal. Speaking that's of. That's his normal. What else do we So know? I had all of these done. I was actually, I'm glad that we started to touch on it because I... I'm so curious about all of the different labels that we are coming out with, at least in Western culture and the English language for sexuality and that its prevalence is being raised. So the last and only other statistic I have is that nearly 16% of Gen Z, um, those 18 to 23 in 2020, considered themselves something other than heterosexual, which compares to just 2% of Americans that are 56 or older. Wait, sorry, what was the first percentage? 16%. 16, and then 2% for 56 or older. Yeah, so I'm fascinated, and I like this trajectory. I feel like, not that I want, you know, I'm like... The gays should take over, though. I'm not like a queer missionary. I'm not like an evangelist for the gays, but... um, Can we talk about that religious upbringing, that those are the words that you chose? yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, wow, wow. Religious upbringing and religious I trauma. I myself some more bubbles. I'm going to take one more hit off this. <laughs> I almost put my mouth over it again. Um, yeah, I think that the world would be a better place if more people felt safe in general and like coming out. Um, and I think that, that like you said, the trajectory of like the two percent to the 16 percent isn't as much as I would like it to be but I do feel like it's happening more often like I I we had a professional development day I work in high school on mm-hmm. not this past Friday the Friday before because of this break now 
Um, and one of the, we got to choose some of our sessions. One of the sessions I chose was on like LGBTQ plus and um, talking about how to talk to our students about it and what words we should know. And one of the first things that the trainer said to us was like, this is all gonna be outdated in, in two weeks, in a month, in a year. So like, take this with a grain of salt. These are the words that we know now. It is continuously growing and changing and evolving. You might hear something that's not on this list tomorrow and you have to be okay. Well, you don't have to be okay with that, but like, you should be okay with that. And if you have questions, here's my card, call me. I probably know more, um, which I think was huge because a lot of people are like, all right, the terms are lesbian, gay, straight, and bisexual. Have a great day. Well, and I don't know if you get this, speaking of the like religious upbringing, I know for me specifically, it was Presbyterian, which is a type of Christianity. Um, Very, very like, one step down from Catholicism, one step up from Baptist. Yeah. It's very <laughs> book-based. Yeah. Um, and so for me, what was interesting was I was raised with this idea of what normal, like normal, expected beauty and like lifestyle looked like. So when I was a kid, I like in high school when I first really started feeling like I had a sense of fashion and like some wardrobe that I wanted to play with for me it was like Pinterest Christian girl fall like yep yep to the max. and I still love it I love a tunic I love a legging I love it I love a t-shirt dress like I want to look like a kindergarten teacher always but I have those vibes honestly I with, with the the long thick hair and the hexagon glasses and like if you also wore a t-shirt dress to my house I'd be like this is her normal I love this for her mm-hmm. it would be like hi um I'm here for bible study I brought some appetizers I'd be for- like oh wrong house <laughs> I, yeah. I crochet but not about the bible <laughs> please don't crochet bible verses in the bathroom um <laughs> The only, the only thing in our house with words on it literally has the word fucking on it. I love it. It says, it's a little, um, like, felt letter sign, and I change it for every season. Okay. Then Valentine's Day passed, and St. Patrick's Day isn't here yet, and so I was like, what do I put on it? And it just says, have a fucking great day. <laughs> the kids can see it whenever they leave the house. <laughs> Good for them. They should know how to say these things right. Oh, Oh, babe, they swear more than I do. <laughs> they're very much like time and place parents where it's like, for example, they know that like at their mom's house, they're not really supposed to. But, like if we're out in public, if you like stub your toe and want to like say, damn, like, okay. But like, don't walk around in Home Depot yelling the F word. Um, but when we're in the house, as long as you're not using them towards or against anybody, swears are acceptable. So like, don't say fuck you or call someone a bitch. Right. But if you want to say fuck or say bitch, okay, I get it. It's a way to express yourself. Words are words. Just don't use them to hurt other people. That, I mean, yeah. For us, we had two rules growing up and it was kindness and respect always and safety first. And they were equal. They were both one. Um, really wholesome for religious parents. Um, yeah. My parents are delightful um, for the most part with many of these things. So, do you want another rule my dad gave me as like a young child? Yes. Don't be a jerk. Don't marry a jerk. 
don't raise kids that are jerks. Aww. Oh, fourth rule that was added later, don't put me in a bad nursing home. Recently, he told me that I have been successful in that, which is hilarious because I was like really focused growing up on like not because like with with a religious upbringing, it's like anyone you date, you should plan to marry, and if yeah. you can't marry them, don't date them. Which is like I understand it, but it's also a little bit toxic. Uh, and I was oh, really focused more on more than not, a like, little. Okay, I was being nice. Sorry, I'm um, just saying like I get the point, but in actual practice it's not healthy it's for not many women and men no um but I I spoke to my dad recently and he asked me if I remembered the three rules and I was like yep sure do here they are and he went cool well so far so good because like you're okay your fiance is okay the kids that you're helping raise they're okay none of you are jerks yet <laughs> and it was like like the most minimal compliment he could have given me but he was like anyways I feel like you succeeded in like an okay way like sad um in the moment I was like wow really thrilled and I thought back on how I phrased it and I was like oh well I feel like it could have been nicer I do we could have done the, we could have done better but you didn't you didn't do nothing so yeah 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 <laughs> oh my word I'm trying you to were think. talking about though sorry um I do have I just realized that I I sat up and it was like I do have pants on they're just oh. It looked like I was pantsless. Like, I don't want you to, and not that it matters. I don't want you to think that I have no underwear or no pants on. I have underwear on. Okay, thanks. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm not naked. Um, I wore my gay shorts. I love it. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Cute. Uh, you were talking about being raised Presbyterian, and oh. I interrupted with something. That's right. Actually, I knew exactly where I was going with that. That never happens. I'm shocked because, you know. Yeah. I don't know if you want me to say that out loud. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, We're both influenced. It's, it's, I'm drinking, so. Yeah. Anyways, where were you going with that? So, I was raised in that home so my like ideal of like what a quote-unquote like successful adult woman like looked like was essentially pinterest christian girl fall oh and right that's that, where we were going and you're, you're i am so straight passing which is fine like i'm mm-hmm. a i'm feminine i like to do feminine things i am a cis woman um but i do not seem the type to a lot of people, although I feel like that's been changing slightly. But maybe that's just me projecting because I've been exploring that more recently. But um, fascinating because I have now become like the queer mouth, like the queer representation for a lot of very straight people. I do (laughs) think that like it's gotta be you being like, I'm proud of this now and I wanna say it because when I met you, like, I didn't know, but, like, you walked in the room, and I was like, this girl can't be heterosexual, and then it came up in conversation, we were like, ah, we're both, we both like ladies and men, fun, uh, but for me, it was, and I admittedly do not have, like, the best top tier, like, quote-unquote, gaydar, which I don't even really like that word, but 
for the most part, I can kind of tell. And I was like, I don't know if she's like a lady's lady or like a man's lady, but she's definitely somewhere in between. So I do yep. think that a little bit of your personality is like, I'm okay with this now. Cause you're right. You don't, you don't dress like quote unquote gay. Yeah. So, although I will say I got a pair of Tim's last year and I started mm-hmm. wearing those when I got lazy and I was like, I pass as a top right now. Oh, I've never done that in my life. And I can tell you. I was shocked. I was shocked. I was like. (laughs) Me? I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I know. Um, I also feel very feminine. And I do feel like I am very straight passing for a lot of reasons. But um, part of that's my straight relationship. Excuse me. Um, but I went the opposite way where like I was raised similarly to dress very conservative and and do all these things and I said big middle finger to all of you and I love more than anything wearing low-cut tops no bra short skirts and heels so like for sure never gonna pass as a top which is fair because I'm not um and I can admit that about myself but like I love to slut it up and I, and I love it because of the attention I get from other people and because of the attention that Jason then gives me, because he's like, you're very hot and I'd like to bring you somewhere and show you off and tell other people that you're hot. And I, I am, we are together. And I'm like, great. If this makes you feel good about yourself, I'll show my boobs more. Like, I love a good cleavage moment. I love when like just the bottom part of your butt sticks out of shorts. Oh my gosh. And I always do it like I feel like personally and like I'm gonna judge myself way I do it in a very classy way but I love to be just like I call it floozy because I feel like a floozy is like a classy slut okay I like it it's like the 1920s and so I'm like I if I wear shorts that show my butt I'm gonna wear a top that comes up to like an appropriate neckline if I have my tits on I'm gonna wear something that like covers my ass still gonna be short still gonna be skin tight like, I'm not going to show every part of my body. You know what I mean? You get to pick and choose. But I'm not a t-shirt dress person. Fair. I would say, I think my wardrobe in high school is definitely, like, high school into maybe the first half of college. Although, I'm wondering if I, like, shopped more and liked clothes more and had better self-esteem and was interested in that at that point in college. I probably would have shifted earlier, but, um, I was for sure way more conservative in high school and like freshman year of college. And then I met Danielle and Aaron and I was like, Oh, there's another part of the world. That's not super religious. I might, I might test the waters. Oh, diving right in head first, head first feels good. Um, Never, never give up prayer. Nope. And it works. When I came out to them, they went, I was like, this is a big moment for me. These are the first people I'm ever going to tell that I'm not straight. And I, I like sat down with them in Aaron's room. We were in an apartment senior year. So Danielle and I shared a room and Aaron shared a room with our other roommate. Um, and I, we sat on the ground because Aaron was packing because it was finals week. And they went, I, uh, I'm probably not straight. And they're like, we've known this too many. You any other news, Hannah? <laughs> I was like, this is a big fucking moment for me. I think said, I think I said that to them, and they were like, "Wow, this is great. We're super busy and swamped. Any other news?" And I was like, "That was all, I guess." Bye. 
I thought my parents knew. I accidentally came out to my parents. Um, yeah. So I, my first kiss was a girl, a lot of things. And my mom knew some of that. And then later when like we were talking about it after the fact, I was like, did that not tip you off? And she was like, well, that's normal. Right. And I was like, was your first kiss with a girl? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay. Like, mother. What? Yeah, it was funny. funny. Well, and that means like, I've just genuinely always thought it was a part of me, like from seven. I never really oh, thought yeah. about it. But I, I also. Very much. Sorry, continue. Oh, I was just going to say, like, also because of that, I never knew it was like a big deal. It was your normal. Yeah, normal. You, and, were, you were like, my parents must know. Yeah. Like, I was like, my parents know, whatever. I'm by for sure. And then. I got older and I was like, hey, so things are going really well with this person. If we end up dating, like, you should know because there's going to be family that's not going to be happy. And they were like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, what, uh, what do you mean, what? Like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> they were like, what? Do you- wait, sorry? <laughs> sorry? They were like, wait. An- um, not a man. <laughs> no they didn't say it like that but they were like well we didn't know ew. that <laughs> ew abby ew uh, or i remember there was one story actually where i had a client i work in the courts and she'd come in and her 12 year old did come out to her as bi and she was sobbing like fully mm-hmm. sobbing and i was like you seem pretty upset and she was like well yeah and i was like okay well does it change how you feel about her and she was like no and i was like okay would it change how you felt about her like who she brought home and she was like no she was like but it's just not what I pictured and I was like well that's okay as long as they're healthy like yeah like sure because we're raised in a society where you picture your girls marrying boys and your boys marrying girls but if it doesn't upset you to any degree past like this isn't what what I I pictured like great okay then we're okay with it Yes, that's the best case scenario for not on the plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of coming out, my parents technically don't know. So if they listen to this episode, this is me coming out to them. Um, Recently Um, confirmed with my sister who had suspicions and she finally asked me and I was like, kind of, yeah, but I'm Mary Jason. And she was like, totally cool. Have never had this conversation with my parents. Never technically dated a girl. So um, that doesn't make you invalid. No, absolutely not. And I, I firmly believe that because I have had, you know, the female experience. We just were never like in a relationship. Um, yeah. But my my parents, I I would assume my mom has suspicions. I imagine my dad would be completely shocked. But as far as I know, only my mom has listened to the podcast so far. So like, surprise, mom. Um, please don't tell me, ma. That's uh, all. Hi, Mr. and Mrs. O'Connell. Uh, this message is brought to you by another local buy, and I do apologize for the off-script um, newscast. I just figured at some point I should recognize that, like, if they're listening, probably they're not, but if they are, this is news. Fair. They do not know this information. Well, text me if there's any fun tea that follows. Oh, absolutely. 
being with T, um, we should wrap this up. Is there any more information that you want to share or do we want to do our little closing? Let's do our little closing. Okay. So, so I mean, that's what we've got for you guys on normal and it's not. And I am now a firm believer in like that word probably be removed from our vocabulary because like who's to say what's normal is? Yeah. Socially, it should not be a thing. Um, (laughs) I've had half of a bottle of wine. Anyways, have a good (laughs) night or day or afternoon. I don't know when you're listening to this. Brush your teeth, drink water, take your vitamins. Um, We we love you, friends. We love you a lot. Um, I don't know. Have a good day. Enjoy it. Yeah. That's it, I guess. I guess we're out. Find your normal. Later. Find your normal. Goodbye, friends. Say goodbye, Abby. Goodbye, Abby.